This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Best record in baseball. Now, you know, the, the high winning percentage when you score three runs is not all that shocking. Most teams are going to have a better winning percentage the more runs they score. I guess to me the most you know, eye-opening thing about that is the fact that this team hasn't done it that often. Uh, when you consider the, the names in the lineup. And yes, Judge being out is significant, but Rizzo and LeMayhew and Stanton, like the guy struggling to this extent is is just so disappointing. And, and it's not something that I expected going into the season. But they do get the win tonight at the Stadium 5-4 over the Royals. Uh, so that is on the table. We spent pretty much the first hour talking Yankees, 800-919-3776. Uh, if you want to continue to weigh in on that, hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, and Instagram as well. I got this. I am trying so hard to temper my expectations now that we're, what, 52 days away. And I keep counting it down, 52 days away from the kickoff of the NFL season. I'm trying to temper my expectations. I'm trying. But it's becoming increasingly hard, especially when I listen to my guys Rick and Dave this morning do a fantastic job at Jet Camp, which, by the way, the K-Show will be there on Thursday. So, you know, make sure you tune into that next week. Uh, they were spectacular this morning. Miko Hardman on the show uh, had AVT, CJ Mosley, Robert Sala, but obviously the superstar of the set list was Aaron Rodgers. And this afternoon, uh, listening, or I should say this morning, listening to it live, uh, the guys asked him about you know the, the future. You know, is this a a one-year situation? Or could you envision this being longer than one year? You know, the Jets gave up a lot for me. I'm sorry, go ahead. I stepped on it. So here's what Rodgers had to say. You know, the Jets gave up a lot for me. So, you know, to just play one year I think would be a disservice. Now, if that one year turns out to be a magical year, who knows? But – it's more than that. It's how my body feels, and I've made some changes this off season with some, uh, you know, some uh, training and uh, and diet. You know, haven't eaten a lot of bananas or or fruit in a while or anything processed. I've been kind of just sticking to a lot of protein and fats, and I feel body feels good, joints feel good. Changed up some training regimen stuff with my incredible trainers out west and uh, and in Austin and. You know, body feels really, really good. I feel like I'm in a good spot. As you get older, it's sometimes you wake up in the morning and you think, man, why does this hurt? Why does my knee hurt? Why does my shoulder hurt? But uh, the last uh, couple months, my body's been feeling really good. Now, talk to me in three, four months. We'll see how it feels. But the way I feel now, you know, I think I could I think I'd play a number of years. Oh, I love it. By the way, you see pictures of Rogers. Boy's looking good, man. He's look, looking healthy, looking in shape. I uh, saw him doing split squats a couple weeks ago, looking jacked, got rid of the bananas. Low-key bananas are just high calorie. But uh, listening to that, sounds like this could be more than one year. And if it's only one year, it means they won the title. So if you're a Jet fan, you you sign up for that in a heartbeat. Uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm getting really geeked over this. Because you go into this year, you know, so much pressure comes with 
being a team that has Aaron Rodgers on it, you know, you have the sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl. But that becomes magnified from a pressure standpoint when you really don't know if you're getting anything more than just one season out of him. And that's the risk you take with this, right? You give up, you know, multiple picks. And if he plays more than 65% of his snaps, it becomes another first-round pick. And, and you can come out of this season and he decides that after, you know, playing through ages 39 and 40, he, he's ready to retire. And that would just be a gut punch, especially if you fall short of the desired result of, uh, you know, of winning the Super Bowl. But he has to know retiring with just one championship way back in 2010 for a guy of his caliber with that cachet, with that talent, you know, in the grouping where he's considered amongst the all-time greats, that would be a massive disappointment. Especially when you couple everything I just mentioned with the resume of postseason failures. Not, you know, not all of it is on him. I do think sometimes the media massively overrates the failure part of it when associating the blame with him. But it's still on the resume, right? Like, the, the further you become rude, removed from events happening... Uh, the details become a little bit hazy. All you'll know is Rodgers won a Super Bowl in 2010, and then since then hasn't won much of anything. Playoff games lost at Lambeau Field as the higher seed to inferior opponents. That's what you're going to know. So he's got an opportunity here to pretty much erase that, especially when you have a starving fan base that would be willing to go for war, uh, go to war for you. And it's similar to how I feel about Kevin Durant, you know, leaving Golden State. Everyone says, go win a real, a real ring. Those didn't count. You had come to the Knicks and won a championship. All those people, you know, arguing on to, you wouldn't have needed burner accounts because the Knicks fans would ride for you. Knicks fans would not be hearing any of that slander. Same goes for Rodgers. You win a championship here. The Jet fans are going to be behind you. We're not going to be talking about what happened in 2014 against the Seahawks in the playoffs or in 2015 against the Cardinals in the playoffs or that embarrassing game in the NFC Championship against the, the Falcons in 2016 or, you know, or, or even last year having a home game to get into the playoffs against Jared Goff's Lions and you falling short. We're not going to be hearing that. We're going to be defending you to the nth degree because you came here, you slayed the dragon for a team with the longest playoff drought amongst the four pro uh, professional sports and got them their first championship in over 50-plus years. So I thought it was you know, heartwarming to hear that at least it is a consideration for him. And maybe, just maybe, if the body does feel right, we don't have to play this, you know, do this whole dance with the darkness retreat and, you know, we'll see what happens in a couple weeks. No. You're coming here. Business is business. Let's go out there and win a championship. So it got me excited listening to him. Sounds like he's in a great place. And by the way, you know, he's quelling the noise about what the narrative was about him, you know, at the end of last season. And for years, cancer, cancer, cancer. Well, we never actually saw him be cancerous in Green Bay. He was just polarizing and sometimes difficult to deal with. Bad body language on the sidelines, you know, showing up the head coach. Uh, there was this idea that he got Mike McCarthy fired. I don't think he was ever cancerous. They were in the playoffs every year. They were a contender every year. And if you're going to call him a bad teammate, then why on earth would Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb follow him here to the Jets? 
That just never made sense to me. But him ingratiating himself with the fans and, you know, going to Nick games, going to Ranger games, going to the Tony Awards, bonding with teammates, talking about him having to be more patient. That's a leadership skill that he has to exude this year for a very young team that goes from, you know, some of these guys go from never having played in a meaningful game or a game of substance, of significance with the world watching because the stakes are high, to every single week is must win because look at the AFC. Look at the AFC East. Look at your division. So that's a, that's quite the leap for not just his teammates, but for his head coach, who, oh, by the way, through his first two seasons, is 11-24. and 24. So now welcome to Broadway, Aaron. And so far he's handled it very well. So I was very pleased to hear... What he had to say, great job by the morning show, uh, you know, getting to the, the, the nuts and bolts of this thing. Jeff fans wanted to hear from him, and we got the answer that we thought we might not get to the end of the year. And assuming all goes well, we could have this be a multi-year relationship, and that's all you could ask for. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Good evening, Ty. Uh, that was just hilarious to hear a little earlier. Shout out to the company. I've never, I've never heard a, I've never heard of a situation of a caller actually calling back and actually doubling down on a bad take. It, it was amazing yeah, to hear. Man. <laughs> that, uh, imagine, imagine having the gall to call up a radio show on a Friday night and suggest that the move the Yankees actually should make is trading Garrett Cole. I mean, what are we doing? It's just I try so hard to defend my my Yankee my my Yankee fans, you know, cuz I'm in the same grouping. Like we're all fans together. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of flack, especially on this station. We're spoiled, not allowed to complain, yada yada yada. But it's so hard to do that when you 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 literally get a guy calling in and saying, "Oh, one of the best players on the team who's under contract. Yeah, let's trade him away because I think that'll yeah. make us better." It just, I mean, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> that that was just amazing to hear. I was just like, "Wow!" And you know, so big big ups to you guys and um, Chantel, who I think is the best call um, person out here. So um, I want to um, definitely you know chime in. I do agree with you on the Yankees. It's hard to be excited. I was watching the game. Because I'm a fan, I've always, you know, watched almost all the games. I can't say I watch a full 162, you know, because I do have other things in my life. But I do try to watch every game. And it was it was just a game where it, it feels like the team is – the Royals team is not a good team, and they shouldn't be struggling this bad to get, to get that win. And that's kind of how it felt. Um, as far as your point with the Jets, I'm excited too, man. And, you know – it, of course, I'm going to be excited when you know I, I, I love Buddha from the Bronx. You know how pessimistic he is and how, pessimi how pessimism and, rea and um, reality is kind of the same synonym to him. So when he's saying he's excited, you know that Jet fans are really pumped up for this season and, you know, seeing how where, where the potential could be because it, it, it is very high, high from, from that standpoint. Exactly, and I appreciate the call, Jose. It's it's sky high. It makes me feel uncomfortable because it is a situation I am not used to. The last winning season they had was 2015, and even then, it's not like you expected that to happen. 
And Geno Smith was your car, uh, starting quarterback until he got punched in the face over 600 bucks. Insert Ryan Fitzpatrick. They go 10-6. and six. And even in, in finishing above 500, you were left heartbroken because of what happened in Week 17 in Buffalo with the three second-half interceptions from Fitz. 12, 12 seasons ago was the last playoff appearance. So, you know, it's year after year after year where they're not just missing the playoffs, but it's done early. I mean, they had a, a, a streak, a, a stretch of seasons where they weren't even winning games in September. And you know in the NFL you're drawing dead. You start 0-2, 0-3, you could kiss the playoff hopes goodbye. So now that you're finally in position to be interesting – to the point where, you know, Monday night football, week one, it's it's the Jets. I'm excited. It makes me uncomfortable. Jeff Donington had something to say about the Jets uh, that we'll hear from next that yeah, I want to get you guys' thoughts on. Keep continuing to take your Yankees phone calls as well. We'll hear from Aaron Boone. We'll talk some Giants. Chris Johnson weighed in on the Saquon situation. So there's still a whole lot to do. Keep the calls coming. We're going till midnight, and you keep it locked right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Continuing to talk Jets. All right, so Robert Sala, uh, who I mentioned was on DPH and Rothenberg, was asked what it has been like having Rodgers in practice. No, it's been great. He's so engaging in practice, you know, and, and I, I don't know what it was like before. I just know what I see here and – I mean, every play he's, you know, he'll go to the running backs and pop quiz real quick. Hey, what if I give you one of these? And he shows them a signal. And it's, um, you know, just the the accelerated uh, effort that he has to try to get, make sure that guys are getting ready. Obviously, we're, God, we're two weeks from our first preseason game and not even a month away or almost a month away from our uh, uh, first game. So he's he's fully engaged. He's so vocal and communicating a lot in meetings too and um, just just – Everything's just been been awesome. And you love to hear that. I thought Rick made it a, a, an excellent point this morning about, you know, we know all the different reasons why it's, you know, Rodgers coming in it has a different feel uh, because of the experience, because, of you know, we, he's won, he's a Hall of Famer, four MVPs. Like, we, we, we get it. But something as small as, like, think about in years past, and this is not even me trying to take shots at these guys, but Wilson comes in and things are going awry in practice or in training camp. Is he able to be a vocal leader and, and you know, have corrections on the fly for the offense? Is Sam Darnold able to roll up into camp and, you know, see something go wrong and, you know, speak up and address it? Of, of course they are, but they don't have the same – cachet like it's it's hitting differently coming from rogers like something as small as that a guy you who comes in and you immediately have a ton of respect for because of who he is and there's a different buzz now that could also work against you because we really have no idea how salah is going to look you know in big games national television, world watching. We have no idea when it comes down to, you know, Salah versus McDermott on Monday Night Football, the last two minutes of the game, if he's able to execute, 
timeouts and game management and clock management situations. And the Jets, because of how difficult the schedule is, don't really have a margin for error. Like, you got to hit the ground running. You look at the schedule, I mean, it's right off the bat. Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs. It's tough. Then you get the you know the Eagles in there, the Broncos. Like those are your first six games, and I flip flop the Broncos, Eagles. But those are your first six games. You don't you don't have time to. All right, yeah, we screwed that one up last week. We'll we'll come back out next week and you know have at it. Like it, it, it's you don't have that margin. So that's why it's important to hear a guy with cachet come in here and and be able to you know correct things on the fly. On the same page. Uh, I teased the Jeff, Jeff Darrington cut. He said something that I can't say I agree with. But here was Jeff Darlington on just the Jets' outlook for the season. In this conference, I should say, making the playoffs is really tough. I mean, if the Bills and the Dolphins somehow one team wins the division, the other's got the better record barely than the Jets, they could be on the outside looking in because it's going to be so hard to have three teams come out of division out of a division i mean you've got the ravens the browns and the steelers uh uh, and the Bengals, of course the leader in the clubhouse there in that division they could have three teams it's going to be very difficult to have two teams in a division let alone three so to answer your question in a long-winded way i guess they probably have a better chance of missing the playoffs so he says they have a better chance of missing the playoffs do of winning the super bowl i I guess the Jet fan in me feels like, yes, maybe it is on the table. They'll miss the playoff. I just can't see it happening. I don't see this team that started 7-4 and four last year without a quarterback that had the number four ranked defense that has you know all these weapons on offense, especially when you get Brees Hall back. I just can't see them missing the playoffs. It starts with going five at, at the very least going 500 within your division. And I hear Jeff on the Dolphins because that's a team we can't sleep on, y'all. We just kind of in passing say, well, you know, if Tua stays healthy. Yeah. Well, when Tua was healthy last year, the Dolphins were one of the best teams in football. He was a legitimate MVP candidate. That offense was humming. Now they've added Jalen Ramsey. Vic Fangio's their defensive coordinator. Like that is, you know, all, at least on paper, could be one of the best rosters, if not the best roster in the sport. I guess now I'm making the case for Jeff. I'm just saying that the Dolphins might be even more scary to me than the Bills. And I know that sounds crazy. If Tua missed, what, six games last year? You know, related to concussion. So, you know, who he's a, he's a wild card. But if he's able to stay healthy, I think I fear Miami more than I do the Bills. I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think it's crazy. The Jets beat the Bills last year with no quarterback, and in the second game almost beat them, if not for the fumble uh, by Michael Carter in the red zone. The Browns, yes. Deshaun Watson has to be better. Like, he has to be better than he was last year, right? Broncos with Sean Payton. There are, no, there are, there are like six teams who can make a case for coming out of the AFC next year. Six teams. 
And it starts with tier one being the Chiefs and the Bengals. You got to get past those, you know, those two teams. With the Bills, the Dolphins. It's it, it is gonna be a slugfest. The Chargers. It's gonna be a slugfest. The Ravens, and now that Lamar's paid and healthy, OBJ's there. They just drafted a receiver, so he's got some weapons. It's a slugfest. But it's one that I'm excited to be a part of because for the first time, maybe ever, I feel like my team every single week has a legitimate chance to win regardless of where they play simply because they employ one of the best quarterbacks not just this season but in NFL history. 800-919-3776. Speaking of which, I mean Madden ranking came out today. I'm not a big video gamer. I'm not a video gamer at all. Was in the past. But something egregious happened that we have to talk about. And, of course, we'll get back to your phone calls at 800-919-3776. Ty Butler, rolling until midnight. Keep it locked right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. That Dear Mama documentary on Hulu uh, featuring... Not featuring because he's dead, but commemorating the life and legacy of one Tupac Shakur. Uh, that that was that was a, a piece of work right there, and it, very sad, very sad. Maybe one day we'll get into it on a slower night. But for all the hip hop fans out there, make sure you check that documentary out. It is well worth it. Uh, before we get back to the calls at eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. So I used to be a video game guy. Growing up, uh, not anymore. I haven't played video games in, I mean, maybe since college. It's been that long. But I would still like to think that I understand how ratings work. And I came across this. This is Adam Schefter put it out on Twitter earlier. Uh, best quarterback in football, Mahomes, 99. Burrow, second at 95. Josh Allen, 94. Okay. Uh, Lamar is at fourth at 91. Hurts is fifth at 88. Justin Herbert is sixth at 87. Dak Prescott, seventh best quarterback at 87. And then you've got Aaron Rodgers at eight with 86. And then nine is Kirk Cousins at 84. So I don't know what's more egregious looking at these ratings. Is it that Dak is ranked ahead of Aaron Rodgers? On what planet is Dak Prescott a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers? Or is it that Rodgers is just two ratings points ahead of Kirk Cousins? I don't know why. Like, things like this bother me. The fact, I guess, uh, the point should be, Ty, you, you're, for the first time in a long time, you got a, ten, a top 10 quarterback. So uh, be appreciative of, of that, you spoiled Yankee fan. But, I don't know. Something feels wrong to me about Rodgers being just two points ahead of Kirk Cousins, but one point lower than Dak Prescott. Something's wrong about that. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Mark in Jersey. What's up, Mark? What's going on, Ty? Yo, it's been a while, man. Good good to hear from you. Yeah, good to hear you, too. I'm glad. You, congratulations on getting your show. Uh, Thank yeah, you, man. Appreciate that. Well. For sure. Appreciate you, bro. What's up? Holla at me. What Hi. you got? You know, you know how I feel about the Jets, so I'm just going to 
know, get the short and sweet version because, you know, the season's about to start. So no use of getting my diatribes up right now. i got time. But the short and sweet <laughs> version, though, is this. What I'm excited about, what's got me, like, you're excited, what's got me feeling like, like that is the fact that Aaron Rodgers, I watched his whole career, and Brett Favre before him. So I know that, that those quarterbacks in that system uh, one's a Hall of Famer and the other one is too. So, so I already, I've already seen a, a million passes from both of them in that system, and I know that it works, and it's going to bring out a lot in the stars that we have. But what's got me super excited is the fact that this defense is tenacious. This defense, mm-hmm. this defense has got me excited. I'm talking about 17 points a game, and that was with the worst quarterback room in football, the most three and outs in football, the most punts in football. So so that that's that hurt the defense, Ty. Now I got a quarterback that can not only be competent enough to run time off the clock, run plays, move the offense efficiently and all that, but Aaron Rodgers likes the score. So so I think that the teams are gonna be in a lot of trouble when they gotta oh no how now how do we how do we get a not get a three and out against this defense, which is really, really hard. And then when you do punt, which would be just as good as a turnover, Aaron Rodgers, now how am I going to stop him with this offense? So I'm excited mostly because this tenacious defense is going to lead the charge. That's what I got. Listen, I appreciate the call, Mark. I think it's a great point. The defense ranked number four last year, and it actually felt like it was better than that because they were playing at such a disadvantage where, you know, as you mentioned, you got zero quarterback play. So it's three and out, three and out, three and out. The defense gets tired. And still, they were able to be as effective as they were last season. My biggest critique of that, uh, of that unit was they just didn't get enough takeaways. And that's what we got to see more of this year, more takeaways. You, you can be the bend but don't break defense. That's going to break in the playoffs when you go up against, you know, top-tier quarterbacks in Lamar and Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert and that. Like, that's going to, that, that's going to be devil you. So you got to get more takeaways. But uh, to your point, they were exceptional last year. They were exceptional. And they don't even have to be as good as they were last year. So even if they suffer – you know, a bit of a drop-off because you've increased so much at quarterback, you're still going to be in great shape. Even if they're not a top-four defense. Let's just say they're the seventh-best defense or eighth-best defense. Because of what you're getting from Rodgers or what you hope to get from him, assuming he's healthy, you're going to be in excellent shape. I, I, I just found it odd when I would hear, you know, people say, well, you know, the Jets' defense was, became overrated because look at what they did, you know, toward the end of the season where they were just blowing games. And I, and I never quite understood where the game was that they blew. They gave up 20 points to the Bills. They gave up 20 points to the Lions, a high-powered Lions offense, 19 points to the Jags, 23 to the Seahawks, and then 11 to the Dolphins. So so where was it? Where, where, tell me the game that the defense was exposed. I, I just never understood that narrative last year. Never understood it. 
My guy Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? What's going on? The franchise, how are you, man? Yo, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Training camp's underway. I see I see my guys out there doing their thing. DPH on Rothenberg was there this morning. K show's gonna be out there next week. So we humming, baby. We we cooking. Yeah, you know something? I'm starting to get fired up too. But listen, before I get into the Aaron Rodgers stuff and all that, you know, we were talking about that list. Let let's keep it a stack and I sent it to you. I mean, come on, listen. Mahomes and Burrow are in their own tier above all these yes. other quarterbacks. Then in that second tier, I got Jalen Hurts, and then I got Rodgers right after him. The only reason I have Hurts over Rodgers is based on youth and the leadership skills, you know, from what I saw. You know, Josh Allen is behind Rodgers. I don't care what anybody says. Lamar is behind Josh Allen due to durability. Then in that third tier, I got Trevor Lawrence at the top of that tier above Stafford, above Herbert, definitely above Dak. Definitely above Cousins and definitely above Carr. And then after it's funny. That, you can Wait, quickly. Throw, you can throw the rest of them in the It's funny. Pick you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the list. I, I ain't mad at you. Uh, it's funny, though, because the reason why you're able right now to have Lawrence over Herbert is because of the playoff game. If Herbert wins that playoff game, there's really no case for you know him being lower than, than Trevor. Uh, as far as like you know what they've done so far, you know Lawrence is like, people want to dismiss what happened from the first year because he had Urban Myers as head coach and now he has a real head coach and Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl. I think Trevor Lawrence, that's another team. I keep forgetting to mention the Jaguars, so thank you for reminding me. All the teams I talk about in the AFC, you're going up against the Jaguars can't be dismissed because of their quarterback and because of their head coach. Listen, I watch Herbert. You know, I watch a lot of college football. I, I'm a football junkie. I watch Herbert and I watch Lawrence. Lawrence has – these are the advantages that Lawrence has over Herbert. First of all, um, big games, there's no comparison. That's number one. But besides I, that, I mean, unless, unless we Unless we ignore the first half of that playoff game last year where he threw four interceptions, for sure. But, no, listen, it's not about the – but what I'm saying is he has the mobility, though, and the, the, the gumption to use the mobility. See, Herbert stays stationary in the pocket too much. Yeah. And, and, and I'm yeah. going to be honest with you, Herbert is not a big-game player yet. I'm not saying he won't get there, but he's not there yet. Her, um, Lawrence has already proven that he's a big-game performer. But, yeah, you know, between Herbert and Staley, oh, you know, I, I was just going to end with this. Between Herbert and Staley, uh, you just lose your minds at the end of games, you know, as far as, like, the decision-making and, you know, what do we do here. But, sure, let, go ahead, continue. Nah, even when he was in Oregon, it did. Listen, go back and watch the film. He did not play well in bowl games or big games. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna blame it all on the coach. The coach is a bad coach, but Herbert has some culpability in that too. But I don't care about them. That's not. Let's talk about our team, okay? Let's talk about our team. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. And when I say that, I'm gonna give you first of all another thing with the Jets that you could be excited about. When you look at the Giants. The Giants have had problems with their star player, their best player. The Jets signed, sealed, and delivered their best player. So that's something that we need to be, you know, looking forward to. Quinn Williams is a beast. And like he said, he's just scratching the surface of what he could be. All right? That's number one. Now, I heard the interview, and I was very impressed with the interview as well with Aaron Rodgers. And let me tell you what I was impressed about. All the other stuff means nothing to me. There's two things that he was impressed me. This is not a one-year thing. But also, 
I've acknowledged that I need to change some stuff with myself, my diet. Mm -hmm. I need to be more of a team guy because when you were talking about Rogers before and his body language and all that, some of that stuff that he was doing was not conducive to winning. And that was where Mm -hmm. I was reticent about bringing him here because, you know, he liked to show up as coach all the time, LaFleur, and he liked to show up the receivers and they reported that he didn't come in in the best shape last year. So for him to say he dropped a few pounds and, you know, he's working on things that help his joints and all this other stuff, I love to hear that because there was culpability on his part. You had two or three or four or five, if you want to consider the Kaepernick years, where you had home field advantage in playoff games and you were outplayed by the quarterback who was on the other team, whether it was Kaepernick, whether it was Brady, you know, and to acknowledge that personally, see, we can always complain and talk about other people, what they need to do and what this guy needs to do. When we get introspective and we look at ourselves and we say, I need to improve on certain things, I need to change some things, I could totally work with that. And looking at, at what's going on here with the Jets and with Rodgers, you see, this is where I'm now I'm starting to get a little excited. Because when he's going to be full board on trying to do the right thing and saying, he said, the Jets gave up a lot for me. I want to give them a couple of years. You know, these are the things that tickle my fancy. Now, you know what? I don't have nothing negative to say about him coming here because he's he's acknowledging what needs to take place on his part. And accountability to me is a big thing. So I don't care what Jeff Darlington says. I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> the whole point of what the Jets need to do, realistically, is keep your head above water for the first six to seven games. A quarterback like Aaron Rodgers is going to get better with this team as the season goes along. He's not going to be like Zach Wilson and get worse as the season goes along. He's not going to be like Sam Donald and see ghosts as the season goes along. See, so <laughs> this is what, you know, listen. Now, I, I, and Jose was talking about, he's like, yeah, you know, Buddha's been pessimistic. I'm not pessimistic. I'm realistic. And I've had concerns, and they're legitimate concerns about this head coach. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? legitimate concerns about this head coach and legitimate concerns about this offensive line and legitimate concerns about the GM that everybody says is the greatest thing since sliced bread who has, you know, he's been hot and cold. But if I'm going to have a Hall of Fame quarterback come in here, do what he needs to do to get himself right, who am I as a fan to be like, you know what, nah, I ain't with that. You know I'm not some ignorant dude like that, bro. Yeah, I just let's call enjoy it like it, it is. And, and I, I got to do you. the right thing. I, come on. I, I feel you, Buddha. And I appreciate the call, man. I feel you. I feel you. I am also skeptical because I'm conditioned to be that as a Jet fan. But I'm trying my hardest to go into this thing and say, you know what? Let's just enjoy it. I'm not going to be a homer. You're never getting that from me. You you've heard me talk about the Yankees. You've heard me talk about the Jets. You know sometimes about the Lakers. You're a New York station, so don't don't get a you know chance to talk about them a ton. But I'm not a homer. That's not what you're getting from me. 
what I will say is I'm going to enjoy this. And so far, so good. We wrap the show next right here on 98.7 ESPN.